Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Trade Gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Trade Gods. I'm Matty Kuhlman, and I am joined by my co-host, my fellow Trade God brethren, Mr. Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? It feels so much better to hear that. It still has burned a hole in my heart from Sunday when we were mock drafted together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like sometimes Trade God brethren. It's glad to be back. It's glad to be we back. We got thir- Drink on Thursday. Let's go. I'm so excited. E-G-P. We got a great show lined up, man. Oh, 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 don't we? We have such a great, great show lined up. We have another new segment that's tailor-made for our guest. Ooh, did I spoil it? Oh. We do have a guest joining us tonight. So, Jason, why don't you introduce our very special guest? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but I'll begin with this. Our guest the host of the Writer's Roundtable, the editor, the man behind the scenes for all the articles that you see, the the man himself. We've got Seth Dewald coming on today, and I, it's awesome. It's awesome. Let's go! Oh! Seth is in there, the building. What's going on, Eddie? There I am. What an intro. Oh, my God. I'm on Trade Gods. Mom, I made the big time. I made the big show. And for all you listeners out there, yeah. Seth is short for Sejual, Sejual Dewald. So let's go, boys. We are ready <laughs> to rock and roll tonight, Seth. How you doing? I'm doing great. I couldn't be more excited. One of like I think all of us are just degenerate trade. This show is just perfect, you know, because like, we all <laughs> yeah, love to yeah. talk trades. We're like, oh, like that was such a terrible trade for you, but then in another room might feel differently about it. It's so awesome. I love this show you guys have put together. So, so excited to be on it with you guys tonight. Ooh, very excited to have you, uh, but you're right. I mean, the TGIF, the, the Trade Gods Invitational Fantasy League that Jason and I started, we are making trades left and right. We make so many trades in that damn league that each week one of the trades we had analyzed is from that league, and we have yet to have to repeat or go back on the timeline because we just keep chunking out getting crazy. Like you said, downright dynasty g- degenerate-type folks here on the Trade Gods, but you know, you wouldn't have it any other way. So if you're new to this show, first of all, welcome. Secondly, we have a very special first segment. Usually, we like to break down a few trades. That's what we do here. We talk a lot of trade. Sometimes we break down which one is the most fair. Sometimes we we, we, we do a little trade court. And my man Jason puts a lot of people behind bars when it comes to trade court. The charges. <laughs> the, 
he, he, he be giving out ankle monitors. But today, we got the editor in town. We got a school teacher on board. So we are going to play a little game that we like to call... It's time to pass or fail. So we got oh, wow. three trades, and we are going to give it a grade. And by that grade, obviously... You passed or you failed. But, boys, you know, you're a teacher, Seth. Is it D failing or is it passing in your eyes? Well, that's a subject of it depends on your perspective. Technically passing, technically. But uh, I get, you know, I guess Ds get degrees still. Um, See, I heard that they were saying with Cs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But in some schools, the answer is yes, it's passing. In other schools, no. It just kind of depends. But you should definitely aim like like we're not trying to make D trades out here. We're trying to make yeah. A trades. So same mm-hmm. thing in school kids, A's and B's. All right, there's no reason you can't do it. You put your mind to it, and uh, you know <laughs> yep. your teachers are there to help you. All right, I won't get off on a rant here because this is a, <laughs> a fantasy football show. But keep your head down and do well in school, and good things will happen. I tell you. Here we well, go. Cody's in the chat. Shout out to you, Cody Beard Gods. Oh, Nate's doubling up. Let's go, Beard Gods. They oh, are beards here. We what also a show have. He had earlier. Oh, I mean, shout out, shout out, Nate. Shout out, Nate. Absolute beast over there with uh, Nate Field Yates on today. Absolutely great episode of Mr. Dear Miss Fantasy. Check that out after the show, of course, because we got some great trades that we're going to talk about. And the first trade we are going to break down is a one for one. This happened in a 10 team standard scoring lead. Those things are still around. Thought those things ex- were ixnade in the 80s. I don't think people yeah. played uh standard league 10 team leagues anymore, but hey, par- apparently some do. And this trade comes from that type of league. And we are gonna do we're gonna grade these on based on what team A. So all of our grades are for team A. We're grading their return on this trade. So this trade, team A is getting Michael Pittman and trading away Antonio Gibson. So Seth, break down the trade, and then if you want to go ahead and grade it. Are they passing or are they failing? Well, this trade's painful because I like both players. I I we I was a huge Antonio Gibson fan last year. I still am riding the Antonio Gibson train. But yeah. we there are so many more knowns with Michael Pittman. We know he's getting the quarterback upgrade. We know what his role is. We know his coaches don't hate him. So we we know what's gonna we there are more certainties on that side of it. Now we don't know what these two teams need, but if I'm just going off of what the format is and what we're looking at here it's michael pittman for me that team gets a pass and i'm sorry the antonio gibson side it's not failing but it's not doing as well as the michael pittman's side so it's passing but it's you know it's got that d grade like a like yeah like a c you know it's not as bad as a d maybe sneaking into the b minuses i mean it's not horrible yeah it's not gonna kill your team but you definitely want michael pittman i think over antonio gibson at this moment right now because we can look into the future a little bit, and we can see it for Michael Pittman, and we can't see it for Antonio Gibson. Yeah, it, I, I can't really disagree with a whole lot there. Maybe if we talk about percentages here, it's like a 70% for, for Gibson. Okay, so it's like you're barely hanging on there, my friend. Jason, how do you see this trade, and how are you grading it? with a pass or fail? Yeah, I mean, obviously this, this Team B guy really likes Antonio Gibson and doesn't really like Michael Pittman because I think all of us can understand that in terms of valuation, Michael Pittman – is valued more than Antonio Gibson. Any ranking, any league, um, it's just this guy really liked Antonio Gibson. Perhaps needed a running back, and he went out and did it. I respect the man for doing it, but no. No, uh, the Michael Pittman side is winning, for sure. I'm giving them, them an 86 
for making this trade, and I'll be giving the Antonio Gibson side. They're they're squeaking out with a seventy-two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. That's that's pretty much all the like analysis there. I can't really do a whole lot to it. I'm pretty much siding with both of you. I would absolutely rather have the Michael Pittman side. And when you look at Michael Pittman's his his last two seasons, he had Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan and a whole bunch of other guys. Nick Foles, a whole bunch of bums. The bum squad there on the Colts. Whoa. Watch what you say about my man Matty Ice. I said I said Matt Ice and the bums. Hey, he was a <laughs> bum too. What are you talking about? That dude was a bum too last year. Absolute dust storm over there in Indianapolis. Don't remind me. Over and in those two seasons, Michael Pittman still was wide receiver twenty-two and wide receiver twenty-one on a points per game basis. Now let's insert uh, a new coach, an offensive-minded coach, a guy that has gotten a lot out of the likes of Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts and owns the fourth overall pick in this year's rookie draft. So if the Colts come away with Will Levis, like our own Cody Carpentier has predicted, yep. I love this move and I love the Michael Pittman side. So I am going to give that side a straight 92%. I'm going to give him an A minus and I am going to give the Antonio Gibson side. It would be a 63, it would be failing, but I do love Tony G enough. It bumps up to a 68. I'll give it that D. So I'm saying, Michael Pittman, you pass. Not bad. Right. Not bad for our Wait, very first guys, grade. You guys were very specific. I was very impressed with, as a teacher, very impressed <laughs> with your grades. They're very specific. A lot more yeah, specific you know. than mine. I'll have to step it up with the next trade. You, I mean, you grade all day long. I mean, we're trying to impress you, teach. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But imp- consider me impressed. That was nice. That was okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. We've brought, we're talking trades. We're dynasty gens. And we just yep. got the grading approval from a real-life teacher. Pfft, straight slaying, Jason. Let's keep this train a-moving. Second trade we are going to talk about is a trade that we put in because we know it would trigger our man Seth here. Team A is acquiring Justin Fields. And to get one of the top QBs in fantasy, they're trading away Derek Carr, DeAndre Swift, and the 106 in the 2023 rookie draft. Let's give a little bit of context before we break it down. It is a 12-team PPR, 2QB league, tight and premium. So that means that 106, maybe it's got a little bit of extra spice to it. Jason, how do you see this trade, and what grade are you going to do? Are they a pass or they a fail here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if we were looking at this last year, obviously it's a huge fail for Team A. But what a man, difference a year no, makes. But, man, what a difference a year makes. We're seeing DeAndre Swift fall down our dynasty rankings we're seeing Derek Carr be Derek Carr again whatever that means you guys can make your own assumptions about what you think Derek Carr is right I think he's he's a used car right he's Uh, mid.com I'm an 106 I mean it could end up being really good I mean grade wise he is a C right there in the middle (laughs) yeah it's it's funny that both of his initials are D and C (laughs) <laughs> it's very fluctuating. Sometimes D, sometimes a C, maybe a C plus. <laughs> but you know, he's right at the 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 proverbial Andy Dalton line. Uh, but <laughs> right now, man, I mean, you know, Justin Fields' side is passing, you know, but it's close. I mean, I'm not upset at Team B. I think I'm going to give Team A. I'm going to stick right around that B plus range. I'm going to give them a good 88, a little two points more than the Michael Pittman side and this Team B side. I'm giving, they're not making the B quite, but they're getting a 79. They just need to apply themselves a little bit more. <laughs> I like that announcement. I do like that. Seth, how you breaking in this trade? I know you're a Bears guy, so this must be like, ooh, I got to get me a little Justin Fields in my life. 
Yeah, this is man. Like, you said it. Like, what a difference a year makes. Derek Carr. I don't. I mean, we'll talk more about it later. I just. I uh, at this point, I'm not. We'll. I'll save that. Just consider me not his biggest fan at this point. DeAndre Swift. They bring in Jamal Williams 2.0 and David Montgomery. So again, with the tears for DeAndre Swift. And the really the thing that saves the trade, honestly, for me is the 106 because I really like whatever player you're going to get there. So that's kind of the saving grace because as we enter this season, there's some question marks with the two players that you're getting in Derek Carr and DeAndre Swift. So Team B's losing this trade. They're getting maybe like a 74 from me because you're giving up an elite asset in Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields' efficiency metrics, like if you look at it, yes, the accuracy – needs to be improved and somebody said it really well on a on a show a bear show that i watch justin fields does things that are very hard to do like run for 60 yards and a touchdown against the miami dolphins but sometimes the simple things like the layup throws the throws into the flat the inner like he he scored well in inter- intermediate throws but some of the throws that he needs to hit he mm-hmm. doesn't hit right now and it's so similar to Jalen Hurts to me, and he has that kind of upside. And to me, if I have that kind of asset on my team that has that amount of upside, that's so valuable to me, and especially in a super flex league, I think hands down Justin Fields is a first-round pick if you're doing a startup, if not an mm-hmm. early second-round pick. So I'm going to take the elite asset all day long, and I'm giving the Justin Fields side a 95% A for this trade because you're getting that kind of asset in the trade. Getting Justin Fields, <clears throat> like you said, first round startup pick, super valuable. And I do believe that the acquisition of DJ Moore is going to be massive for his development. I wrote an article about it. I did a video about it. My man, Seth, you edited the article. Jason, you edited the video. So you both know first and foremost how much I believe that this trade will make Justin Fields take that next step it will help his efficiencies like we saw when aj brown went to the eagles like we saw when stefan diggs went to the Bills. so i love getting fields absolutely going to give them uh, uh probably and i'm going to give him an 85 percent. i'm going to give him a b uh the only reason why it's not a, st- a straight a is because i also have to give team b i'm going to give him 78 c plus and it could easily go up in a heartbeat we are just one trade away from this trade looking like a absolute good return. Let's face it. Let's say Austin Eckler, he goes away from the Chargers. DeAndre Swift goes to the Chargers. And I know that's lofty. That's the best case scenario for DeAndre Swift. But that happens in the offseason. Sometimes we forget to factor in time and timing of the season or the offseason in this case because things can change. There will be no fantasy points scored. For a few months now. So if DeAndre Swift goes to a situation where he's being going to be treated like a massive pass catching, you know, weapon and he's going to get a lot of the carries, you know, all of a sudden this looks a hell of a lot better. And with the 106, you are going to get a chance to draft a Will Levis in most leagues or a Bryce Young. More, I would say the sharper leagues, you're looking at Bijan and the four quarterbacks. I think that's kind of the pattern that we've been noticing. But in more of your casual leagues, your home leagues, absolutely a Jameer Gibbs or JSN can creep up into that top five, pushing a Bryce Young, pushing an Anthony Richardson, or pushing a Will Levis or a C.H. Shroud, one of those quarterbacks you at the 106. And if that happens, ooh, now we're talking about a fair trade where they're both graded on the same plane. But given the information that we have right here, right now, I'm going to give the Team A side an 85, so they are passing. But I'm also saying the Team B 
is passing with this trade. So pretty fair. I think, uh, you know, Derek Carr, he's mid.com, but sometimes you can do worse than mid.com. You could. You could do a little bit worse than mid.com. You're not bad.com. You could be straight dookie.com. Yeah, we don't want to be, be there. Like, be Sam Darnold. That's worse. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sam Darnold. SamDarnold.com is dookie.com. SamDookie.com. Sorry, Sam Darnold. I know you're a viewer of the show, and I'm sorry about that. He's kind of Friend a redhead, too, though. so I shouldn't be so mean to him. You know? <laughs> yeah, you, I thought you guys like like had telepathy with one another. Kind you guys of, could, yeah. you guys knew each other words like twins. Like, if he gets sacked sometimes, you're like, ah, hey, ah, my ribs, man. Chill yeah. out. What are you doing? Yeah, we have a meeting every other <laughs> <laughs> our, our world our world domination meeting, you know. Just are you gonna be in trouble for saying that? Are you like blowing the secrets of Scientology gingers right now? Uh you know, I probably shouldn't say anymore. Let's move on. Let's move on before we get yeah. Seth in trouble. Before <laughs> Seth is, is you know, becomes a target of interest of, of this high powered yeah. Illuminati of gingers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> move on, move it on. Move on. <laughs> the last trade we are going to say is a pass or fail. Is one from the TGIF, the Trade Gods Invitational. Team A is getting George Pickens, and to acquire George Pickens, the menace, they are giving away Khalil Shakur and the 110 in this year's rookie draft. Teach, take it away. Let us know what you got. Wow. At, like, at first glance, you would think. Like I think just my instinct when I first saw this trade before I dug into the numbers was – Oh, it's George Pickens. Like, it's only Khalil Shakir and the 110. But then, you know, you kind of start to dig into the numbers. And, you know, Pickens finishes the wide receiver 40 last year. And I was like, you know what? This is probably because he didn't play that much, right? I mean, there's probably he missed some games. or, But he played in every game. And, you know, his snap share was probably around 70%, 80% sometimes. So even after the Chase Claypool trade, you thought maybe his usage would go up a little bit. And yeah, he was on the field a lot, but I mean, and then you start to look at, you know, Khalil Shakir and he started his usage while not great. He started to put up fantasy points toward the end of the season. So I don't think that's nothing in, in return there, like I originally thought. And then the 110 in a super flex. I mean, we just we're doing a mock draft right now. Uh, some of the player profiler guys, including the pod father. And I think the Podfather's at the 110, and he took Jordan Addison at the 110. I think mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to correct me if I'm wrong there. But we got Addison also, as our eleventh uh, best guy in our rank, so that shakes out if we go pretty chalk there. Yeah, and or you could go, uh, you know, uh, somebody we love and Zay Flowers might be there too. Uh, so it, this trade's a lot. This might be the closest trade I think out of all three of the trades. So I'm gonna side with the George Pickens side, but it's going to be like a, a 79%. And I'm going to give the Khalil Shakir side like a 75%. Like, this is so close to me, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think because this was honestly the least confident I've been because it's so close. Jason, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, um, I think it's an interesting point bringing in the 110. I feel like that's a – George Pickens might have even been, been going later than the 110 last year. Um, but I, I feel like around that range in rookie drafts. So it's nice to, you know, kind of see, you know, that value continue. And then you're getting Khalil Shakir on top. And I like him. I like him a lot for the Bills offense. I know people are scared of the Trent Sherfield signing. I wouldn't be as a Khalil Shakir owner if I were a Khalil Shakir owner. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think obviously Shakir is a better athlete and you want a slot receiver on the Bills offense. You want anyone attached to that offense, to be honest. So it's nice to have it. Obviously, a depth piece, not a guy you're going to be throwing out a lot, but it's a fun dart throw. Gabe Davis gets hurt, right? Maybe Stephon Diggs gets hurt. 
you're looking at a guy who's going to be a very, very, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's football. It's football, man. It's football. What do you want me to say? You don't say that. You don't say that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, we could be seeing Khalil Shakir being a a pretty, a a pretty good fantasy wide receiver. So I like the dart throw there and I like getting the one ten. but George Pickens has that dog in him more dog than anyone in the NFL, to be honest. And um, I, I like him a lot. I do like him a lot. I think the Steelers offense in general takes a step forward. I'm not going to change much from the grades, though. I am still with the George Pickens side. I was thinking also like a 79-80 for George Pickens, and I might bump it up a tiny bit from 75 to like 77 for the Khalil Shakir side. But both of them very close grade-wise, and I a very fair trade, too. Definitely fair. I mean, it took a little bit to break this down in my head. I kind of looked at this over and over, and this is – we kind of knew this trade a little bit earlier than you, Seth, because it happened in our league, so I've been looking at it. And even in so, I remember talking to the person who made it, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, I like it. I definitely like it. I like the idea of getting pickings. Um, but I'm going to – I'm gonna, and you could do this as a teacher. Correct me if I'm wrong, Seth. I'm going to give it an incomplete. I need to see some yeah. more. I need to see some awesome. more out of this. Okay. Because I love Pickens as the prospect. hate his quarterback. Do not believe he is going to be a – uh, a, a fantasy quarterback that lifts up the pass catching assets. I think he can scramble enough to maybe give a little bit of um, some value on his own right, but I just I, I'm not ready to say that he can support a bunch of pass catchers, and so I don't know about that. And then I look at Shakir, four three forty. I mean four four three forty. His best comparable player is Golden Tate. That type of profile should smash in a Buffalo offense. But what do the Buffalo Bills keep telling us? I mean, we keep hearing these rumors that they might be going after DeAndre Hopkins. I've seen them mocked a whole bunch of different places where they're getting receiver early on the first two rounds. Mm. Are they ready to commit to him? Are they ready to make Shakir that Isaiah McKenzie, who they did let go? So maybe they are. I don't know. I got to see exactly what that is. And then the 110. The 110 is still, it is the most incomplete picture, the most unclear picture in the first round of this rookie draft. I've had it on the show before saying that I, I would trade back at the 110, and that's yep. all. That's basically due to the uncertainty of this pick. We don't know exactly what we're going to get out of Jordan Edison. He came in a lot smaller than we thought, not as fast and as agile as we would have wanted at that size. Kendra Miller has yet to truly test. Is Devon A-Chain? He's really a – he's super, super landing spot dependent. And those are the names that I rattled off was 11, 12, 13 in our rookie ranks. And if you just go up to spots 9 and 10, Quentin Johnson I'm not a big believer in. Roshan Johnson, I think he needs uh, – I like his skill set. I like his size. I just don't know if he's going to be given a whole lot of opportunities in his rookie year, uh, given where he could go in the draft and how deep this draft is. So I'm going to give it an incomplete, but I will get back to this. I will get back to it at a later date, and I will grade it once once I see the work. Just, just a little bit more. Just a little more. Just mm-hmm. a little bit more. So – yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, Pat Fryermuth, a lot of people like. In- I love Fryermuth. And, and We've Deontay- talked about Fryermuth, Jason. You yeah. and I have had it out about Fryermuth. Yeah, Deontay- he's fine. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's still there. So, I mean, I, I don't want to get cliche alerted. So, I'll just say, like, there's a lot of grass in the meadow, if you know what I mean. Like, a lot of grass needs watering in that offense. So, mm-hmm. is that okay if I say that? I don't know. It went over my head, but I'm an idiot. Are you, yeah. are you trying to say there's a lot of mouths to feed? Hey, that's that's what I was trying not to say. So. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I, yeah, I was yeah, picking yeah. up what you put down, but I had, you know, right. we don't have the sound yeah. here. But may, maybe but, we'll have Matt do it retroactively for it so that he can get you that cliche yeah. alert. So, yeah, also, Roshan at the 110. I, yeah. I like Roshan Johnson. I love Roshan, but I mean, Roshan goes to a spot where he's mm-hmm. needs an injury to truly produce. 
you're not taking him at the yeah. 110. He's falling it's into the so, second round, which I love for value, but I don't know if I love that for this trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, I wish I, I knew Roshan Johnson's, like, if you could tell me he gets drafted in the third round, like, yeah. 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 Okay. But right. then, it's, you know, if he slips to day three, then, oh, damn. You know, like, uh, anyway. Yeah. So I love, I do love Roshan Johnson, though. Nate in the chat, what if Roshan goes to Philly in the third? I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, that's up, perfect. Baby. That's now we're now we're talking about a smash ball. We're now we're even talking. He might not be there at the one ten. He could be yeah. the third yeah. running back off the board. I mean, at that mm-hmm. situation. I mean, we've seen Jordan Howard play well there. We've seen a lot of guys, even Miles Sanders to a certain extent, doesn't have a whole lot of shake rattle and roll. He's kind of just gets through and makes it happen. And Roshan's that type of guy. So I would like that. I would. Okay. Not bad. Not bad, boys. That's our first time grading some trades, doing a little pass or fail. I think we passed with flying colors. But like always, we have to run our trades through the old trade analyzer. And the trade analyzer is a tool that you can get on the playerprofiler.com website in the Dynasty Deluxe package. Get up in there because it's a nice way to kind of see where you're at. See what the what we're looking at here. Judge by some lifetime value points, how you are stacking up when it comes to this trade. The first trade we talked about, which was Antonio Gibson for Michael Pittman. The trade analyzer agrees with all of us, awarding a hefty amount of lifetime value points to Michael Pittman over Antonio Gibson. So, Machine agrees with us there. Second trade was pretty fair. I think it would actually look a whole lot closer to my rankings because I had it a lot closer, I think. But either way. Still pretty good. And the side that is most valued on the trade analyzer was the Justin Fields side. So it's pretty yep. simpatico there. And the last trade was razor close within 11 lifetime value points. But it gave the side to the Shakir 110. So it's very razor thin. I think we kind of nailed those past fail grades, if I may say so myself. Uh, before we dive into the buy or sells... We have a little bit of an ad read for you, so stick around, and we will be right back. Breakout ratings on the Breakout Finder are live. 2023 breakout ratings are ready for you to access, and you're not going to like what you see. Don't be mad at me. Go to the App Store. Go to Google Play. Get the Breakout Finder to find out just how bad this draft class actually is. All right, we're back now. Okay. (laughs) That's that's, going to come out a whole lot better in the podcast version, but anyway... (laughs) Let's get right into the next segment a little. It's time to buy and sell. So we each have a buy candidate and a sell candidate. And it's custom here on the show. I gotta let my man Jason pick. Are we going buy or are we going sell? I want I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to buy. I saw some comments. Okay, you ready to buy? Let's get into the buy. Boom. And mm. then we're so excited. We talked about him briefly at the top of the show. Now let's do a little bit of a deep dive why DeAndre Swift is a buy yeah and i mean it's it's hitting home for me right now because i see plenty of comments actually a, a back and forth if you will even from nate from the harry snowman about deandre swift and how they're concerned and that's perfect that means it's time to buy fellas he has absolutely cratered across the board he's fallen to rb 17 in our rankings lost over 50 lifetime value points and let me tell you why that's a bit of an overreaction david montgomery a signing brought to the Lions. Yeah, he's better than Jamal Williams. Sure, sure. But DeAndre Swift last season only had a 36.9% opportunity share, but still averaged 13.7 points per game. That's fine. It's going to get better than that. But even then, efficiency metrics, third in points per opportunity, second in yards per touch, 
fifth in breakaway run rate, second in yards created per touch. Completely lights out, just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't command a bigger workload. He will next season. He will get more than 36.9% opportunity share, and he will continue to be explosive. Montgomery could take the RB1 spot. Fine, that doesn't matter. Ezekiel Elliott had the RB1 spot in the Cowboys last season, and Tony Pollard was amazing for fantasy football. There's no reason to jump off Swift for, jump off ship for Swift at all. Uh, there was even a game last year where he only had 35% snap share and still scored 27.7 points. I don't know what else you want from the man. He's fantastic. He's attached to a great a, a great Detroit Lions offense. I'm so excited for what they can bring to the table next season. I'm going to want any piece of that. And the fact that DeAndre Swift is getting even closer to David Montgomery in value, despite being much, 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 much more athletic than the guy, I'm buying him. Fun fact, let's go even deeper. David Montgomery, in the same metrics I just named, DeAndre Swift being top three or top five in every single one. 52nd in points per opportunity. 31st in yards per touch. 53rd in breakaway run rate. 27th in yards created per touch. He's not that good he's really not he might command a lot of volume he might get some touchdowns he's not going to get 17 touchdowns like jamal williams did i can guarantee that i can i can put that in sharpie no one's getting 17 touchdowns again except for jared goff right <laughs> so um I, i'm buying deandre swift man completely cratered right now and i think this is an excellent 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 buying opportunity i think uh david montgomery is like rb22 so only five spots of a difference between the two i'm doing it i loved the david montgomery signing for david montgomery i thought the volume is going to be attached he can do all the things that jamal williams did plus he's shown to be a competent pass catcher and a very good weapon in the passing game so i loved that and i was ready to pull myself all the way out from deandre swift and then you sit there and you break it down, and you pull me right back in i am trying to buy deandre swift ladies and gents you have to it's deandre swift it's DeAndre Swift. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Anything you want to add, Seth? Wow, what an electric. Oh, my God. I would stand give you a standing ovation right now. Wow, I'm juiced. That was fantastic. That was a fantastic breakdown. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's one of the tenets of being a good dynasty player, I think, is buying high. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but it, it remains true. Buy low, sell high. And now yeah. this is, I mean... And it's probably going to get worse, honestly. Once, like, the redraft stuff starts, like, David Montgomery's below DeAndre Swift right now. That's going to be even, and you're probably going to see da or David Montgomery get drafted ahead of him. And mm -hmm. so when that happens, yeah, I I'll take, I'll get some DeAndre Swift expo exposure, definitely in redraft, yeah. and I'll be, I'll be testing the waters in Dynasty, too, because that's just how I Dynasty, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that's a smart way to go. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, everything you said is true. I will say... Having watched David Montgomery quite a bit in Chicago, mm -hmm. I think he plays a little bit better than those metrics. So I, but I do know the metrics are not are not good because yeah. I argue with Matt Babbage all the time. We almost have fist fights over the internet <laughs> about it. But but you know it, it it's true. Like he's a great athlete, and it's it's mm -hmm. one of those things where last season was kind of perplexing with Jamal Williams getting all those goal line touches, and it's just a pure volume argument. Uh, for David Montgomery. So, yeah, Jason, that was a great breakdown. Thank you. So, Seth, I would have you go next, but I will step in to the role of having to follow that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate I that. Next, and I'm going to say to buy Damian Harris. You just signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills, 
And when you look at Dev- Devin Singletary, who was the former kind of early down back, first guy that they had over the last couple of years, take the ball first and second down. He is uh, as unathletic as I have ever seen a profile look. He is under the twenty, or the under the thirtieth percentile in forty yard dash, speed score, agility score, and bench press. Now he has been a pretty unprecedented producer for his size, five seven two zero three. So you got to give credit where credit is due. And over the last two years, he is averaging just about eleven fantasy points a game which isn't anything to necessarily sell the farm for, but he's been a pretty damn good producer. And only one year of his four years in Buffalo was an under 10 point per game metric. Insert Damian Harris into that role. He's a bit faster. He's a hell of a lot more burstier. Uh, his best comparable player is a Devonta Freeman. Having watched Damian Harris, I could see a little of that because he didn't catch a whole lot while he was in New England. But he, when he did, he did show like, oh, he could might he might be able to command a little bit more of that pass catching role than I thought he could, just based on what people talked about how he was used at Bama, and whatnot. He does have a 900 yard season under his belt, and I think given that role on the Buffalo Bills, and we are looking at a situation where. We probably are going to stay it for each of the next three years, but there will be a year where they do not want Josh Allen putting his helmet down and ramming into 300-pound men to score touchdowns. They're going to want to keep him healthy, keep him fresh for the playoffs because he's yet to truly climb that mountain, truly be the postseason run that they need him to be. So I think Damian Harris could be that guy, one-year deal, kind of just run him a whole lot. I do think that James Cook, we're looking at probably a 2021 version of Tony Pollard for James Cook, which is good. I do like James Cook there. But if you remember in that season, Zeke was still the guy who got a lot of touchdowns, a lot of short yard work, and I think Damian Harris could be that guy. So I'm looking to buy, and the price is still dirt cheap, even after the signing. I've seen him traded for third-round picks, a pick swap in a a lesser player. I've seen a lot of these things where you can get Damian Harris on the cheap, cheap, and I'm trying to pick him up where I can. Either one of you jump right in to add something to Damian Harris, or am I just talking about – but uh, you know, uh, a lesser type of move after the riveting uh, speech that Jason just gave for DeAndre. No, I, if I can step in, I, I, I like it a lot. He's a great buy. He's one of those players in the fantasy community that is not only undervalued, but just kind of disrespected. Like he's, I would honestly say viewed as a roster clog, but he's not really. I mean, like you can start him pretty much any week. You might not like it, but he's going to do fine. Even when he was on the Patriots. Um, I will say in 2021, yeah, he had good yards. He was completely carried by breakaway runs, and he seemed to have lost a little bit of that last mm-hmm. year. But, but you know, I, I I was enlightened by, you know, him being a little bit of a bat pass catcher than the volume shows. If he can take, you know, and even a smidge of what Devin Singletary did, then, yeah, I mean, it's good. And I'm, I, I'm an offense chaser. I really am. So, I mean, give me a Bills running back. You know, Josh Allen might score more goal line rushing touchdowns than I'd like him to. But whatever, you know, that, yeah. that's part of the game. And, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I mean, hell, a third-round pick for Damian Harris? Psh, give me that. Yeah, I've, I've seen some dirt cheap prices for Damian yeah. Harris. So oh, that's kind of what's been intriguing me there. Seth, anything you want to add to Mr. Damian Harris? Well, I think it's interesting you mentioned uh, Josh Allen rushing near the goal line, and that's probably going to continue. But I'm, this might be controversial, but I think Josh Allen needs to dial it back on the running a little bit because he's been taking some hits as in like a ton of hits running around and i i don't know like i think near the goal line they, they they'd probably be better off handing the ball to somebody like damian harris and he's an upgrade over devin singletary mm-hmm. so yeah if you if you can go out and get a running back cheaply because i don't like i'm kind of a, a cheapskate when it comes to running backs i don't ever like to pay yeah. for them like that's just how i like to dynasty i mm-hmm. don't 
like I, I like to see if I can find the Jarek McKinnons, you know, like that's kind of how I roll. Uh, yeah, it, so if the, the Bills see this, which is a big if, and say, ooh, we need to cut back on these, you know, these quarterback options where we pull the guards, it's absolute insanity if you want to protect your franchise quarterback. I don't care how big he is. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, that's that means Damian Harris is going to get some of those opportunities, much like a Jamal Williams potentially. So I think it's worth a shot, especially at the price. Yeah, I love I love that buy. And last year, too, Devin Singletary, he truly performed in close games. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, if the Patriots are a little bit better, the Bills are going to be in some dogfights in their division, which yes. means Damian Harris can get a lot of volume in those games. So now we've already ch- had a whole chunk of games where he could be absolute value. So, yeah. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking for cheap running backs now before uh, this, this this far off from the season because you never really know what's going to happen. So but Damian Harris is my cheap buy. Seth, you got a cheap buy as well. A Mr. Sky Moore. Why should people buy some more Sky Moore? Well, 135 targets went out the door when Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman left. And it just opens the door perfectly for somebody like Sky Moore. Now, this could my battleship could be sunk in the draft if the Chiefs take somebody in the first round. or the, They do have all of their draft picks and, and mm-hmm. more. So they, they could definitely, I mean, and, and we would all be excited, let's say, if they took like a Zay Flowers at the end of the oh, first yeah. round. Like that would be oh, awesome. Yeah. And so, but right now, well, based on what we know, is there's a lot of targets available in the best offense in football with Patrick Mahomes. It, it just feels too perfect, and maybe this my, my hopes are too high that he just slides into that slot role. But I'll just, like, he's this is a guy who was drafted in the second round last year. Like, he, he has some speed to his game, uh, and he just kind of feels like that perfect slot role for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm... I was a big fan of his tape as well at Western Michigan, like his college dominator rating and his college target share off the charts, like in the 90, 90th percentile at Western Michigan. So I this is more of a projection play, but I'm going to chase like the Kadarius Tonys and the Sky Moore. Like if Sky Moore is my buy 1A, Tonys my buy 1B. I want a little of both just to see if I can hit a home run with one of them, you know, just in case the Chiefs don't go out and trade for Hopkins because that would obviously sink the value they don't go out and draft a wide receiver so we'll see but I I like taking this kind of a chance at this stage in the game in the dynasty (laughs) offseason or the dynasty on season sorry I almost said the wrong word there the dynasty on season (laughs) because it's never offseason in dynasty which is why we love it and don't sleep we keep at it Jason anything you want to add about Sky Moore because I do think this might be a great opportunity to buy a good player yeah, no, I, I agree here. I, I think he's even probably the cheapest Chiefs weapon to acquire. Um, so that that's definitely what I like about him. I had a question, not that it matters. Uh, it's uh, I mean, it's on tangent, but doesn't matter really for Skymore. So is Justin Ross going to be back? I believe so. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard anything uh, about him. That but could I, be interesting. I don't know. <laughs> that was really that was more of an aside than anything. But yeah. I, just, I I honestly haven't. That, like you mentioned that, and I forgot all about Justin Ross. Yeah. So they yeah, also I mean, brought in yeah. uh, the other Ross. What was the other Ross? The former first round pick Ross. Uh, they brought John Ross. Yes. Is it John oh, Ross? Oh, did they? They had. They brought him. I think he was on their practice squad at the end of the year. I don't know. Wow. They, they're I designing mean, all the same wide receivers. All the same wide receiver over and over. <laughs> and I forgot, I did forget to mention one point, all right? And Travis Kelsey, obviously, is still the man, right? He's the oh, tight end yeah. one forever, yeah. and he always 
probably will be for the rest of his life. I don't know. But if you look at his snap share, like Kansas City is tactically kind of easing back just a little bit. All right. Just bear with me. I know this might be blasphemy to some people, but 2018, 96% snap share is good. Number one overall. 2019, 94, 2020, 84, 2021, 83, 2022, 80.8. So, like, they realize, I think Kansas City is going to be smart with Kelsey, and that mm-hmm. means more opportunities for other people in the mm-hmm. offense. Now, Kelsey's still going to get his, but that's going to, that's even more of a chance for Sky Moore to fill that role for somebody like a Kadarius Tony. So, I think mm-hmm. it's just smart for dynasty gamers to take shots at these guys. Definitely. And from a role standpoint, Jarek McKinnon is a free agent, right? Did you say that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, even just from a role standpoint, you know, those 56 catches that he's vacating, they might use oh, yeah. Sky Moore out of the backfield to to just kind of be that, you know, within five type of play playmaker that they did with McKinnon. And if you notice, if you can, if, you know, if you watch a lot of Chiefs games, a lot of McKinnon's was on broken plays. It was Mahomes doing his yeah. thing, scrambling yeah. around, kind of just, yeah, that, hook shot to McKinnon. Play? You yeah. know, if Sky Moore's on those fields. <laughs> Skyhook, baby, let's go. With little little rugby toss. Yeah, you know, a guy like Sky Moore can absolutely benefit from that, and it obviously doesn't hurt his his stock within the locker room. One iota, the fact that he got a touchdown in the old Super Bowl, which definitely was going to boost, you know, the confidence of everyone working around you. So buy Sky Moore now because I like the idea of we talked about earlier the basics of, of dynasty of buying and selling, buying low, selling high. You could buy Sky more for nothing right now. And if two reports come out that he's going to get a uh, some sort of Jarek McKinnon-esque role, his his value will quadruple overnight. And if you don't really buy into that, you could sell him. And all of a sudden, now you're reaping some profits. You're really extracting some value. So I absolutely do like that. Uh, so buy De- DeAndre Swift. And if you weren't here for that riveting uh, reason why, definitely tune in to, to this video again because Jason absolutely sold me why I'm back in on, on DeAndre Swift. Sky Moore, same thing. Great job, Seth. And Damon Harris, you know, he was here too. I talked about him a little bit. So we will now move on to our sales. Some fun ones here. Derek Carr, Chris Godwin, and Nick Chubb. Seth, you went, but you batted third? In the first round, why don't you go ahead and bat lead off here in the in the second round? Why are you selling Derek Carr after he signed with the New Orleans Saints? Well, I don't I don't really understand like what the Saints are doing. Like they just keep on like going all in. They're like that guy in your dynasty league who has Dalvin Cook and like three or four other pieces like that are aging, and he's like, I'm push, I'm selling my first round pick for you know like the next. I don't know like whatever like derrick henry give me derrick henry yeah yeah you know he's like that like we're just gonna keep pushing it into the future keep the band together forever yeah and it's like eventually this is all gonna collapse like a house of cards and i think it it's gonna start like this year i know a lot of people are excited for chris olave but i i'm a little bit skeptical with like i don't know if it's that much of an upgrade to be honest and i did a blind resume test on the writer's round table and i'm just gonna read off like uh Derek Carr's last five seasons and I want you to tell me who this reminds you of right in fantasy points per game last five seasons quarterback 19 quarterback 16 quarterback 20 quarterback 23 quarterback 29 and in in his last five seasons and with the Bengals Andy Dalton who is that's who Carr's replacing quarterback 20 quarterback 21 quarterback 21 quarterback 18 quarterback eight and he had another had a season 
where he was quarterback six with the AJ mm-hmm. Green, right? Yep. When he had AJ Green, and who did Derek Carr have? Devonte Adams, and he couldn't he couldn't do it with Devonte Adams. And it, like, are we sitting here saying Chris Olave's on Devonte Adams level? Like, maybe, but I mean, he's a great player. I love Chris Olave, but is is Derek Carr gonna take him to that next level that we really want to see him go to? I'm desperate for Chris Olave. I I love the player, but I just don't think it's – I think it's going to be more of the same, and I think we're going to be a little bit disappointed when we draft Chris Olave this year, unfortunately, because Derek Carr is just not that good. Aaron was here last week saying to sell Chris Olave. You bring this up now, and you're talking about Derek Carr, but Chris Olave is absolutely part of this conversation. I also have to ask you, this is kind of not really – it's kind of in between both Olave and, and Derek Carr. Could Michael Thomas slant boy be an issue for for him too? Yeah, and he's back in the picture for Chris Olave right. too. Yeah, I mean potentially. Like, who knows how <clears throat> long he'll last without getting injured, without that ankle bothering him again? But I mean, I don't know. Like it's, three and a half. Yeah, you're right though. It's another factor to consider when you're taking Chris Olave like like third round, I think, in redraft right now. That's pretty. That's pretty high. I mean, yeah. I'd have to. I'm not 100 percent on that, but. Yeah, and you're anyway. saying del- sell Derek Carr. I think that's smart process because I do think that his his values on thin ice and a, if he comes out of the gate and in those first three games he looks like dog shit and he's ruining the value of a Chris Olave, a guy who's beloved in the fantasy community, community, you won't be able to give this man away even in Superflex. So do it now with there's a little bit of uh, at least a little bit of hype behind him, at least a little bit of value still attached. Try to tear down at that quarterback, get another asset. That I'm absolutely on board with selling Derek Carr. Jason, anything you want to add about Carr? You do roster him in the TGIF. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to – I literally tried to get Jimmy Garoppolo with him, and it didn't happen. Yes. So, I'm like, that's that's what I think about Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. it's all said. It's all done. That's perfectly said. Put in a, pl- a bow and put a wrap on it because that's true. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's a move I'd be doing too. Take Derek, Derek Carr, try to get Jimmy G, and maybe a little something extra because he does have Devontae Adams. So, smart, smart process here. Chris Godwin. One of my faves, why are we selling Chris Godwin, Jason? Yeah, yeah, I decided to bring the heat today, apparently. He's wide receiver 18 right now, and this is recent. We updated it, so this is with the news of Baker Mayfield, right? Mike Evans fell to wide receiver 47, okay? Devontae Adams is ahead of Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, the list goes on. Chris Godwin, you mean? You started yeah. with Devontae Adams, so just, Sorry, just yeah. to clarify. Yeah. Thinking Chris of him. Devontae Adams right. is on this list that Chris, Chris Godwin is ahead of, right? Godwin's a great wide receiver. I do like him. I do like him a lot. But I'm going to say, and this might be a hot take, and it is a hot take, he is pretty dependent on volume. I'm going to I'm gonna skip ahead some of what I've written here, but Baker Mayfield averages 27.9 pa- passes a game last year, has only had one season in his entire career over 500 pass attempts. Brady, on the other hand, has only had four seasons in his entire career under 500 pass attempts. Chris Godwin's best season was with Jameis Winston, who led the league in pass attempts. The guy breeds volume and needs it. He had 9.5 targets a game last year, 10th most targets overall, finished with the six most receptions. It's not going to happen again. Baker Mayfield's not going to give him that, and it sucks for it sucks for Chris Godwin. It really does. I'm just I'm not going to see it there at all, really. I mean, that, that's all it is. Baker Mayfield, thirty-sixth in catchable pass rate last year. Uh, it's just, it's just ick to me to a guy that had to have basically ten targets a game to have fantasy success when he's not going. to – I mean, he might get seven, right? That's still pretty good. But I mean, the offense as a whole is not going to score as many points. Baker Mayfield sucks. Kyle Trask probably not that great if that happens. 
I'm just out on Chris Godwin. I'm, I'm selling him. I know he's younger, and that's what's kind of helping his value at 27. But you know, I'm just out. I'm just out. It, it does pain me. I do like Chris uh, Chris Godwin. I think he's a, you know, a really good receiver and has really been super consistent with Brady. But, yeah, I think if, if, if you're looking around your market, your league and the market's telling you that it's absolutely dog water, maybe hold and hope that they, maybe they trade him yeah. if you want to keep the, like a, a prayer, you know, kind of like a, a Hail Mary type thing. But I'm looking to sell too, and I hate to say it, but it's true. You, you, you got to look to sell. Because you're also factoring, you know, we're all talking about Baker. You bring up Kyle Trask, and I also think that that transition may not go smoothly, and it's going to happen. There's no way Baker comes to Tampa and is all of a sudden the 101 that he was drafted to be. There's no way that this is the landing spot that everything is fixed. When, you know, the coaching staff has kind of been, you know, mid at best. The team around him now is getting a little older. The offensive line had its injury issue issues in 2022. I don't see him being the guy. I could see easily see them being, you know, one and five to start the season, two and four, yeah. something like that. And then they will pivot to Kyle Trask. Trask has a big arm, but there's reports he can't really get the playbook down. He may not be their guy. The full tank for Caleb is in in Tampa, and that is not good for Godwin. So definitely put him on the block and see what you can get. That's my opinion as well. I'm backing you up there, Jason. Seth, what do you think about Godwin? Is he a buy, a sell, or maybe a hold? Well, I, I think he's I think he's a sell too because he's approaching the AJ Pex. I mean, he's 27 years old, and that's typically when, you know, as much as we've gotten from Chris Godwin, that's typically when the production starts to slide a little bit. You know, the Podfather wrote a great book about it, the Dynasty uh, Dominator. Oh, I can't re- recall the book. Yeah. It's not the Dynasty Dominator. Is it Reloaded? I don't know. But anyway, it's a great book. You can find it on Amazon. But he talks about the AJ Pex in there, and there's charts and graphs and research that supports you know g- getting ahead of this and trading him away before his value completely diminishes. And these NFC South teams, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, one of them should be smart and just say, you know what, we're going to do what all the other teams aren't going to do, and we're just going to blow it up, and we're going to suck, and we're going to go after Caleb Williams, you know. But they, mm-hmm. it seems like they're all, like, kind of trying to compete. I don't yeah. know. I Whatever. But – it's it's wild and unfortunately for Chris Godwin, it's a terrible situation and I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon. So getting out now seems to make a lot of sense. Bobby's world in the chat says Mayfield was called an upgrade for DJ Moore last year and Mayfield was actually worse for Moore. Bobby, you hit the nail on the head. We were all excited for it and it failed miserably. And truth of the matter, the best way to tank in the NFL historically is to get a vet that's supposed to help you win. They rarely do. They usually drive this ship right into the rocks. Perfect if you're trying to get the 101 or 102. And if you have the depth, let's just say you have the most insane depth in wide receiver, maybe you can bench for a year and hope that Caleb Williams is drafted by the Bucks, and all of a sudden his value will go up, no doubt about it. But that's a long road. We don't know. And you talk about the AJ Pex, and you nailed that there. I'm still looking to sell uh, Godwin for sure. Uh, I'm selling Nick Chubb. Okay, I tweeted this out. And got a, got a lot of people coming back saying, no, I don't think it's a sell. I think you you buy Nick Chubb here because the offense is going to be better uh, on the Browns. You know, they just traded for Elijah Moore. And here's what I think people need to be very careful of. He yeah. is a buy in this situation. You are in a 12-14 team league. You made the championship, won the championship. You have the 113 to 114, and you want to grab a running back. You do that trade. But if you are the 102 and you earn the 102, but you still got the 112, I'm not trading the 112 for this running back. 
Uh, he was efficient, so I get the ideas behind it. I do. He was still top 10 in yards per carry, fourth in juke rate, first in evaded, total evaded tackle. So he still has some juice. But I think that is the reason why you sell is because he still has that juice. In our dynasty ranks, he is running back 14. The only 27-year-old running back that he is behind is Austin Eckler. So he's above Dalvin. He's above Derek, which tells me there is still some value to trade. Trade him now before it craters. Let's look back on the 2022 season when it comes to Nick Chubb. Let's look at his game log. Let's look at week 12. Now, guys, why are we looking at week 12? Uh, Deshaun Watson came back. That's when Deshaun Watson came back, right? Yeah. Week twelve. Oh, week thirteen. I'm sorry, week thirteen against Houston. Let's look at that. From week thirteen on, so six football games he played in. He was inside the top twenty that week one time. It was week eighteen. It was probably for a nothing matchup. Probably did not help you at all. He was double digits twice at the end of the season in a low double. Eleven point two, twelve point six. The offense is looking to pass. They are telling us that they want to throw the ball more. They want to give the ball to the guy they gave 200 plus million guaranteed dollars to. They're buying receivers. They were scouting receivers. They traded for Amari Cooper. They brought in Elijah Moore. I don't think that they're done. I still think they could take someone in the draft. I think they are going to put a ton of weapons so Deshaun Watson can sling it. And we're talking about volume. For Nick Chubb, okay, everyone's saying, I keep hearing, well, if the offense is better, he's going to get more chance at touchdowns. Well, last year he was third in touchdowns. He had 13 touchdowns. You know, the uh, we just talked about early in the show how no one's going to get 17, how that was a crazy number. That's what we're expecting now, him to get is 17 touchdowns? I don't think so. I also saw the argument, Kareem Hunt's out of town. Dearness Johnson's out of town. You don't think they're going to bring in a, a running back? You wait, wait for this to happen. Wait for the Cleveland Browns to take Jameer Gibbs in the second round, and at, or it wouldn't be the second round. They don't have a pick in the second round. But we'll take a Jameer Gibbs, a Tajay Spears, someone who could take the pass catching role because Nick Chubb is not doing that. Target share seven point three percent, thirty second amongst qualified running backs. So he's not taking any of the passing game. He had the volume last year. They had the third most carries. He had over three hundred carries. I don't think he's getting over three hundred carries again. Their team last year was sixth in run plays per game. The Browns ain't going to be six and run pass and run games, uh, run plays per game. They are going to drop significantly in that metric. So, yeah, are you going to bet on a 27 year old to score mad touchdowns? Sure. Fine. I can't argue on that. If that's your argument, you want to buy a guy that, that's going to score more than 13 touchdowns this year? I can't argue that, but I'm not. I'm looking to sell now because I think a few games, a few bad games out of the shoot, you ain't selling for nearly as much as, as you could get now. If you're saying a late round one, you could get Nick Chubb. What is that going to be if he comes out of the gate slow? What is that going to be if the offense is truly just slinging it, slinging it, slinging it? It's not going to be there. I'm looking to trade a guy like that now, recoup stuff, maybe even get a, a round one for my rookie draft and kind of get a little bit more liquid. And that's why I'm selling Nick Chubb. And uh, Seth, what do you think about Nick Chubb? Are you, are you selling? Are you part of the the offense is going to be better? So he'll he'll be a, a great running back crew because he could. I, I, like I said, if you're going to bet on more touchdowns, fine. But that's never my process of betting more touchdowns. Process wise, I think you have to be in the market for selling him because, you know, like we talked about the AJ packs, he's 27 years old. Yeah. And the production just declines after that. And it, you know, it, it, it comes to a conversation between logic and emotion because Nick Chubb is one of my favorite players that I've ever watched play football. He's awesome. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. But there comes a time in fantasy football where it's time to do the right thing. And it's time to, to see what you can get because 
you know, we want our dynasty teams to be competitive long term as well. And in the short term, it's an odd balance we have to strike. And it's hard to time these things correctly. All we can do is look at the data. And the data says that Nick Chubb's production is likely going to decline. I know people have looked at Derek Henry like he defies the odds. And yes, every once in a while, a player like that comes along and is right, like, right. won't go away, right? And just makes you look, makes us look like fools all over again. But more times than not, in this situation that Nick Chubb's in right now, the, the right answer is to trade him away and see what you can get. And that's true for a win-now team, and that's true for definitely true for a rebuilding team, too. It's just good process. We've talked about this on the show right, and before, right, Jason, where a guy might not be looking at a cliff that he's going to fall off of, but if he's reached his plateau point, he's reached the point where his maxing out value, you have to look to sell. And I think that's where Nick Chubb was. He was running back six last year on a points-per-game basis. He was efficient. He got 300 carries, and he scored a shitload of touchdowns. I just don't think all of those are going to go up even more. So nope. if, you're, if, if, he's, if he's running back eight, then you could have sold at a higher value. That's, I just think that now is the time to do it because the value could crater. Uh, anything you want to add on Nick Chubb, Jason? No, I love it. Um, the, I'm, I'm glad that you bring up the Deshaun Watson stats. I have an ongoing bet with my Browns fan up until – or a Browns fan friend up until Deshaun Watson leaves or Nick Chubb retires. I have $5 on if, if, if Nick <laughs> Chubb ever has a 150-yard running game with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. And I told him, no, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. I don't think he's going to get the volume that's going to necessitate that. He might get 120, right? But – you know, yeah, you're not going to predict it. Deshaun Watson is not the type of quarterback to uh, sustain a Derrick Henry type revival for an older running back. He's not. He's not handing it off 30 plus times a game, and it's 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 just not going to happen for him. It's just not. So yeah, I'm selling him for sure. And I, you know, I think a lot of the times when we say sell, people think you know it's just one word. Maybe we should start. Dis- maybe that's what we'll do as trade gods. We'll put our heads together and, and put together like a chart of the grades of what you should yeah. do with players. Because I think when people hear sell, they think, oh, you're what are you going to trade him for the two hundred one? It's like, yeah. no, yeah. I'm not going to trade him for the two hundred one. But if I could take Nick Chubb and get DeAndre Swift, I'm doing it. Go. If I could take Nick Chubb and tear down to like say a Miles Sanders in the two hundred one. You know what I'm saying? Like there, are, there are different ways to sell Nick Chubb. I'm not saying get rid of him. If someone's your best offer is a 205, tell them to piss off. You ain't doing it, obviously. But I think you you move him now and you recoup some of that. You get some extra value, some and get a little bit more security going into next year. Because, like I said, one top 20 finish with Deshaun Watson under center, and he was terrible. So that's how much faith they had him when he was bad. What if he comes out and starts cooking, gets massages every day? He's going to be dominating. He's going to be it. You know, it is what it is. So that's ourselves, Nick Chubb, Derek Carr, and Chris Godwin. Boys, what a freaking episode. Seth, thank you so much for joining. We're definitely going to have you back. Tell all of our lovely listeners where they can find you on socials, where they can find all your content, all that good stuff. Yeah, so we obviously, uh, I'm going to start out with the Player Profiler News section is where all of our talented writers post uh, their work, and I read everything, and it's Honestly, the best way, aside from looking at player profiler player pages, it's the best way to learn from us for free. Like, just go there, read some articles. Today, we have injury analysis that was uh, posted there uh, from one of our uh, Evan. Uh, I can't think of his last name. I think something with an R. I can't think of his last name. Sorry, Evan. Uh, but it was a <laughs> Get great him, article. It was a great article uh, about breaking down the injuries and some trends and that. And, you know, our Injury Finder app is is really popular. So it, it coincides kind of with that. Um, 
So that's number one. Number two is the Writers' Roundtable Wednesdays at 7 p.m. where the likes of Maddie and Jason sometimes appear on the show, mm-hmm. and we would love to have them on in the future. And then thirdly, my YouTube channel. If you if you just can't get enough of this ginger in my cult like face, right? Like in my meetings, like that. <laughs> the I ginger to, Illuminati, baby. The Illuminati, the Illuminati group meets on you, my YouTube channel. No, <laughs> not, no, they don't. They don't. We don't meet. Andy on Dalton. We don't. Carson Wentz, Sejual Diewald. All, all you guys are there. They're, they're, we're not on you. We're in a secret location, guys. You can't <laughs> find us on YouTube, but you can find me and spouting about <laughs> Ed Sheeran. <laughs> you can find me spouting about Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields and, you know, maybe breaking down some players there and maybe having a guest or two on to, to do a draft on my YouTube channel. And that's my first and last name. D-I-E-W-O-L-D is the last name. So those are my plugs. Ball's Life in the chat says, good show, guys. Thank you for tuning in, Ball's Life. Now, Jason, tell Ball's Life and everyone else in the chat and everyone listening worldwide where they can find you on socials and where they can find all your work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JFootballWine. And before I go further, there was a reply to our tweet about tonight's show, Seth. Was, we were told to ask you about your Aaron Rodgers haikus. Haikus? Oh, yeah. Haikus. Some poems? You some poetry? <laughs> I don't have any Aaron Rodgers haikus. Aaron Rodgers sucks. That's five, right? I don't know. <laughs> five, seven, five. We make up a haiku off the top of my head. He is no good, very bad. Loves the I darkness. I don't like him much. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He did it. He freaking did it. Let's Dang, go. he wrote it on the fly. Yeah, that's what you he get with a teacher. teacher in the house. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, so, yeah, there, there, we got some haikus. I could tweet out some more haikus. This would give some more followers <laughs> I Twitter. think we've got a new segment, Fantasy Haikus with Set the Wall, baby. <laughs> that's perfect. I think we need a Fantasy uh, Football yes. Haiku Twitter. <laughs> um, but uh, you can find me here Thursday nights, right, 8 p.m trade gods and then you can find me in the mornings 10 a.m monday through friday on the wake and take sometimes on the discord and then most of my time is still spent on the roto underworld instagram at roto underworld follow us there you can follow me on twitter i'm at maddie kiwi make sure you follow trade gods trade god ff follow our tiktoks play a profiler and profile underscore nfl the game plan comes out each and every saturday tune into that uh we we've had jason on and seth you are definitely coming on the game plan right Oh, you're gonna come on the game plan. If I get an invite, I mean. Oh, you're getting an invite, so you're getting an invite, no doubt about it. All right. And and then make sure you tune into our our mock drafts that we've been doing. Each and every one of us have been on the mock draft show, and we will be on it again. So check that out. Make sure you're rocking with the trade gods. Make sure you're rocking with player profiler because we are not stopping until we go past the damn moon. He's Jason Allwine. I'm Matty Q, and we were joined by the great Seth. We are the trade gods. Peace.